Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here back with the full squad this week. Joining me is Mr. Lee Hancock. Hello, guys. Welcome back, pal. Thank you very much. And Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we going? Mate, nothing changing but the weather with you and I. Here we are. We're geared up for a massive episode. Guys, the moment we've all been waiting for. The NBA Finals mm. are officially here. It tipped off with Game 1 earlier today. The Nuggets getting the win in that one at home, uh, which we'll touch on a little bit more shortly. But we finally made it, lads. This is it. This is... You know, the word I've used over the last couple of weeks, you know, building towards the crescendo of the mm. season, this is it. For sure. It's the best time of the year as an NBA fan. The NBA Finals, Miami Heat is the severe underdog. As good as they've been mm. throughout the course of the playoffs, still coming in with a massive chip on their shoulder. No Absolutely. one expects them to win. Whereas we look at the Denver Nuggets, a lot of expectation given the regular season that they've just had. And, you know, they've been very dominant in the playoffs thus far. This is it, Lee. Now... Mm. You know, for as exciting as it all is, and I want to live in the moment, a little part of me, and I'm sure some of the listeners out there can't help but feel a little bit sad knowing that, you know, the end is just around the That's corner. Exactly. It's about to wind up for another season. Exactly but- what I was saying. We only have a maximum of six games left. Um, but, yeah, it's such a conflicting feeling because this is what it leads up to. But Absolutely. Nearly- 82 games plus, you know, the first couple of rounds, mm. it all builds to this moment I right mean, here. The good thing with the NBA, and they've, they've done it amazingly as an organisation, is the NBA offseason is probably one of the best in sports, oh, I believe, 100%. with trades and whatnot. So, and I mean- just the rumour, like, I, I, I love every sport, you know, tennis, shit, everything. Like, yes. I, I watch it all. I love I it all, it. consume yep. it all. Mm. But... There is nothing that compares to basketball in the NBA. Like their off-season, as you said, Lee, for us as content creators, it's fantastic because mm. we can just keep producing, you know, 247, 365 mm. around the clock. Not many other sports can say that. So, yeah. you know, as kind of upsetting as it is that ball's almost <laughs> over, there'll be still plenty going on, won't there, bro? Rumor Mill's going to go into overdrive, <laughs> as always. And we are merchants <laughs> for a trade rumor or two. But without further ado, let's get into the show, though. A big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover doing amazing things, both those entities for us as content creators here, as well as a whole host of other content creators across Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada. So very appreciative of their continued hard work and support of us. Um, It certainly does mean a lot. Mm, Guys, let's get into some very, very quick odds and ends here. It's namely going to be centred around the coaching front. Mm, We had mm. quite a bit of news on that front this week, starting first and foremost that the Milwaukee Bucks are hiring Toronto Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin as their new new head coach. Mm-hmm. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> I was just I saw something about Sylvester Stallone in the week, and I couldn't help but pull out the Yo, Adrian. Big Rocky fan, are you, Nick? Big Rocky fan. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the Creeds actually. Michael yeah. B. Jordan there is Creed. Yeah, doing good things. What a physique! Good looking fellow. My mm-hmm. word is, no one was going to pick this ever. No one. <laughs> First time as a head coach. Um, a very big job it is, you know. And the Bucks mm-hmm. are a franchise over the last couple of seasons, in particular that have become associated with success. Mm, sure. You know, winning yep. the title a couple of years ago, they're in and around the mix every year since. Mm. One of, if not, you know, despite not getting the MVP, we kind of all agree Giannis is probably the best player in the league just about. Yeah, on Him and Jokic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're a team built and bred for success at the mm. moment and capitalising on Giannis's prime window He's going to have a big, big job on his hands, especially as a first-time head coach. Mm. A lot of expectations, isn't there, for him coming into a Milwaukee team who, although they went out in the first round this 
season, I still feel like going forward, the expectation for that team, mm. particularly with a new coach at the helm, yep. it's going to be um, large expectations. But I, I think he's pretty lucky to inherit that team. Like, Absolutely. He's setting himself up for serious success. I agree. And it, it just ties in with, I guess, the Toronto Raptors cleaning house, essentially, because their former head coach, Nick Nurse, during the week, mm. reached an agreement to become the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, a big job in its own right. Nurse, a former head coach, coaching to an NBA championship mm. as well as coach of the year. Going to be really exciting to see how he meshes with current MVP, Joel Embiid, isn't it, Lee? Mm. I mean, after, especially after the, I don't know if you've seen <laughs> in the past, but they have had a bit of beef between Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid. So, yep. um, yeah, that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, again, another another big coaching job on his hands. Definitely bigger than the Raps coaching job, I say. And I'd it's say. a big job yeah. just purely for the fact that, you know, we've spoken about this quite a lot over the last couple of years and, and even weeks in particular. What, you know, they are perennial underachievers, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ken Nurse, you know, he's got championship pedigree. Can he be the guy that takes them over that, over that hump at the moment? Because... At the minute, it feels like it's just destined to happen year after year after year. I'll get my hopes up. I'll mm. fall in love with them, and I'll be heartbroken once again once the playoffs roll around. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle for Philadelphia and their fans, isn't it? It but is. I think this fresh change is positive <clears throat> in my eyes. Are you getting a super quality coach, a mm. championship quality coach? Absolutely. But you're also almost turning the page, starting fresh without absolutely like turning your roster over, you're starting fresh from a coaching perspective. And I think that's a positive thing going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the whole James Harden situation. Mm. Yeah, a bit Um, to play out, isn't it? A bit to play out. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what the finalised roster that he actually inherits Mm -hmm. looks like. Mm. Um, But I think a good man for the job overall. Likewise, the third and final piece that took place as of yesterday, Detroit have got the full Monty. Monty Williams has agreed to a six-year, $78.5 million contract with the Detroit Pistons. Say that number once more. $78.5 million, thus making it the largest coaching deal in NBA history. Also has an option to extend for years seven and eight. Um, Former coach of the year, helped guide Phoenix to the NBA Finals only two seasons ago. Uh, This is huge. Like I couldn't believe it. When I saw this, I was firstly (laughs) stoked, but then I actually looked at the numbers Mm. and it's, it's kind of the beauty of it is, you know, coaching salaries aren't tied in with the actual overall salary. Mm-hmm. So they can be paid yeah. whatever they want. Yep. Um, and Detroit have gone all in on this one. They have thrown their chips, you know, front and centre. They're, you know, they, they think they're holding double aces there. Um, th- this is a big play. Oh, so big, huge. big play. I like the coaching appointment. Long contract, though. Six years. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's always risky. Like you think of the players and the contracts, that's risky. But the coaching, given how high the turnover is in the coaching ranks in the NBA, that is a long contract and it's a big contract as well. But I like it. And I like like the fact that also, given the fact that they had high expectations in the draft order, they fell to five in the end. Yep. Their fans would have been a little bit flat, I think. They would have needed something to bring their spirits back up again. And then hiring one of the Best coaches in the NBA at the minute yep. in Monty Williams. Absolutely. That's a huge coup for um for the Detroit Pistons. And I think it's nice for him, even though we know his background as a coach, a really mm. high-level coach, he's got a really good length of time to establish himself. Yeah, and I yes. know Detroit now is starting, you know, they don't want to win 20 games again this season. They want to start to really build mm. into this squad. Yep. 
a healthy Cade Cunningham coming back, hopefully, building off what Ivy and Duran did this year. You know, Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman, Bogdanovich still on the roster. There's enough to like there. And I think with a really – I like Monty Williams because he's a player-first coach. Yeah. Like, mm. you see his yep. interactions. You see the way he handles players. I think he's a perfect fit for this team, so to be honest. I, I love the long-term contract as well. I'm so happy they didn't just get some coach that we've never heard of or some coach that isn't that <laughs> formidable with winning short-term and then getting rid of him for someone like maybe Monty a couple of years later. I love the six-year deal, you know. Mm. Well, can you fellas, a little bit of trivia? There's, you know, it's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks around the coaching front. There are currently two teams remaining that don't have head coaches as of, as of the moment. Can you name both? Sons? Sons are one. It's a one. Uh, Raps? Raps are two. Lee, ding, 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 ding. Grand prize winner for you, my friend. Yes. Speaking um, of trivia, um, oh. so so that Monty, that had to be the highest paying coaching yeah, gig so in that, the Yeah, so that's right? a new record yeah. for coaching contracts. Speaking of high, pay, high paying gigs, or mm-hmm. maybe not, what do you think the highest paying uh, mascot is annually? Oh, the Denver and, Nuggets. And how much? <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. I saw this throughout the week. How much was he earning or she? Who knows? Um, Gender's fluid, I reckon. Gender's fluid. Um, I'm, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was ridiculous. What do we it? think? I, isn't it like 100 grand? 625000 for the Denver Nuggets <laughs> mascot yeah. annually. You're kidding. 625 grand. And it's not even like, you know, Benny the Bulls just globally love. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I couldn't tell you the name of the Denver mascot. No, me neither. That's outrageous. Is it Rocky? Is it what? What is it? Is it a tiger? I, I actually don't know. It's I actually don't know. Six hundred twenty-five yeah. grand. Crazy. I tell you, what. I had to add it in. I saw that. I was like, I'm, I'm saying this. Unbelievable Absolute dance moves. I'd be doing on the sideline <laughs> if that's what I was earning. No, I'll do. I'll do backflips. I'll oh, do a couple of cartwheels. Mate, no worries. I'd be sweating up a treat inside that suit, but I wouldn't care. Unbelievable! What a gig that mm. would be. Unreal. There you go. Big. I'm on that lead. Thanks. Um, in other news outside of the coaching world, the Brooklyn Nets have expressed their desire and interest in Damian Lillard. Now, how mm. how believable, how strong the actual gusts are behind these rumours. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to discuss this one with you guys. How do you actually feel about this move? Because for me, I kind of feel if Brooklyn were to go after mm. Dame, if I was in Dame's position, this feels like a bit of a sidewards move. Exactly. A bit of a, it's, mm-hmm. a meh, it's a change of scenery. It's not as if it's going to catapult him or I don't think Brooklyn into mm. title contention. Mm. So it just kind of feels like, you know, two steps forward, one step back or two steps backward mm. in this case. Um, I not think, really making any ground. I think it's better than the the magic um, one that, that had been floated around Dame mm. to the magic. But yeah, yeah that's after, outrageous. After this long anticipated trade, which hasn't happened yet, he's still in Portland. Mm. I don't want to see him go to a non-contender. I want to see him go mm. to someone in the top six, you know? So, well, let me pose this to both of you guys then. Mm. I'll pose two scenarios to you. If, if you're Portland, do you look to build around the second overall pick Offload Dame and get back a huge haul. Mm. You know, whatever you get for Dame, Anthony Simons, plus the number two overall pick, build around that three. Number three. Number three, my apologies. You you certainly do the Hornets. Number three pick. Yes. Or do you keep Dame? And what we're hearing from reports is they'll shop the number three overall pick and try and bring back another star with, you know, other pieces to put put alongside Dame. Mm. So do you keep him and, you know, build that number two pick, Mm. get rid of that? Or do you ship off Dame? and build around the number two pick, Anthony Simons, and the collective mm. uh, package that you get back for Dame? I, I personally would 
shot Dame um, and I'd get him out of there. Um, and I'd start fresh if I were the Portland Trailblazers. The fact of the matter is they've got an extremely high pick. Could potentially get Scoot Henderson, depending on how that plays out, that two and three pick. Absolutely. And I just I think we spoke about it the other week, didn't we? The fact of the matter is, even if they get one or even two more pieces into that <clears throat> Portland Trailblazers lineup, it's not really, I don't think, going to be enough to propel them into any type of real um, heights, I guess. And you're sacrificing your future as well. Dames, mm-hmm. you know, he's not getting any younger. No. Um, you're no. giving up arguably a, a superstar pick. You know, it's a, it's a lot to trade away. It is. For as good as Dame is, and I love Dame, but he he is now starting to throw off their their time their core timeline a bit. You know, is, you've yeah. got Anthony Simons, you've got Shaden Sharp, Absolutely. and then probably either Brandon Miller or Scoot coming in. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Dame. He's not that he's overstayed his well, welcome. You because- said that with a bit of force. Like you're like very adamant. It's time mm-hmm. for Dame to go. No, not from Portland's point of view. From Dame's <laughs> point of view, get out of there, brother. He feels for Dame. Wow, there you go. You've heard it here first. Certainly looking forward to seeing what plays out with Dame over the course of the off season. Here's a move I'm really excited about. It's not a move. It's not set in stone, but something I wanted to bring to the table. Are you already starting the rumour mill? Well, not me, but sources. This is an NBA-NBL crossover. Sources. Oh, not happening. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix have added co-owners John Wall and Dante Exum to their list of potential recruits as they hunt for an elite guard this offseason. Now, how electric would it be to see John Wall rocking... In my state bank arena. Oh, Imagine I, the scenes. It would be incredible, wouldn't it? I saw a um, picture oh. throughout the week of him photoshopped into that Phoenix outfit. And goodness me, what, what do we actually reckon the chances are of that happening? Let's be realistic. We love the NBL, but what do we do we think he's even the slightest chance of coming down here? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it 20%. Okay. And that might be seen as maybe a little bit high, depending where you guys see. But you know, I compare it to you know, you look at some of the big name players who apply in their trade in China in the CBA, the yes. Chinese Basketball Association over in Taiwan. There with Dwight, there's really high quality players spread all around the globe. Mm. Yep. The NBL, I think it's the second best professional league in the world. You've been Behind on the record NBA, saying this many a time. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised, especially as a, as he is a co-owner, to see you know the the money's certainly not going to be anywhere near what he'd get in the NBA. Mm. But how many NBA teams are going to maybe be interested in in John Wall and Dante Exum coming off an injury at the moment there in the Euro League? I, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility. And I think that the league, for as good as Lamelo was, he took the league to complete mm-hmm. new heights. Mm-hmm. I think John Wall being a huge name in his own right, even established. still established mm-hmm. name, would just continue to propel the league. I think it'd be huge. How old do you think he is, John Wall? Uh, what would he? Be John Wall 30. would be about 32, I reckon. He's 32. Like, mm. he's young. 32. It's not like he's done with bowl. I, I, I mean, it's on the tables, but in saying that. Let's, I think let's recruit all of them. I think Isaiah it's... Thomas, John Wall, um, Carmelo coming out for a season. <laughs> yes. You know, I think there's a lot of talent that could be recruited. About here. a 5% chance, but, Five. you know, shoot for the stars. And if you don't land on the stars, hopefully you hit the moon. <laughs> with with yourself, Dante Exum. Do you think there's any, any feasible... Chance of this happening? Uh, I'd probably give it maybe a ten percent chance. Um, yep. if, but so we'll call it down the middle across the three. We'll, let's say fifteen. Yeah, fifteen percent. I'm still ta- I'm still loving those odds as an NBL fan. Absolutely. But we haven't spoken about Dante Exum. Any chance he takes his talents down here? And where's he playing at the moment? Real. 
Uh, Madrid in, or Barcelona or something Yeah, he's like in that. one of the yeah, Euroleague yeah, teams. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say it and get it wrong. I I think that that's probably more likely just mm. for the fact we've seen the NBL become more of a pathway the last couple of yep. years. A lot of draft prospects coming down and making the uh, the progression. Delhi's, mm. you know, plying his trade, trying to get back in the NBA. It is becoming a legitimate pathway, mm-hmm. really yep. well-established. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, – I think there's a chance. I wasn't, well, I wasn't aware that so many – I say so many, but a select number of NBA players have part ownership in mm. some NBL teams. Chris Middleton. Yep. Um, what's his name? Kayon Martin or something <laughs> from the from the Rockets. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. Mm. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, John it's Wall. exciting. And, uh, and why wouldn't you invest? Mm. Absolutely. Because it's oh, going smart. through the roof, isn't it? It certainly is mm. a uh, – you know, it's like, it's like your stocks. You want to get on the ones that are about to boom, and the NBL is currently booming. So uh, yes. just a point I wanted to mention there, very exciting – Hopefully it'll uh, come to fruition. Mm. When's Tassie going to be a destination place for some Depends on NBA players? What do you reckon? Do you reckon we just throw the book at John Wall? <laughs> John Wall is not a... to the Tassie Jack. John He's not a hard owner with us, which hurts. So, but imagine the scenes. Would you fork out? You know, get the uh, get the old checkbook out, Lee. Get him down I... here. Oh God, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd sell get a big conglomerate of people together and yes. let's uh, let's make it happen. John Wall to the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Look out. That would break our economy. That would break the internet. (laughs) That would, would, like, Tassie would be rocking. Yes. Make it happen. Love to see it, though. All right, guys, let's push ahead. Daily dribble. Okay, just wanted to touch on very quickly the fallout of Game 7 of the conference finals, much to the chagrin of Roe here. Um, You've had a couple of days to soak on it, my friend, but, you know, won't spend too long talking about it. The Celtics, the Beantown boys went down 103 to 84 against the Heat in Game 7. In Boston, uh, you know, it was ominous signs as Tatum went down pretty well in the first play of the game there with an ankle injury. Hmm. Yet the Heat was so, so dominant. From start to finish, Caleb Martin had 26 points, 10 rebounds. Jimmy finished with 28 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. And that sealed the Larry Bird Conference Finals MVP for him. Um, Should we just, uh, just quickly, just on that point. Caleb Martin, Where's your I'm, saying, I'm saying it straight up. Caleb Martin got robbed of that Eastern <laughs> Conference MVP. Did he? But yes. it, it's, 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 it's not he for was, the individual <clears throat> game, is it? It's for, no, the it's, for the, it's for the series. Starting on the bench in that series, yep. I think, hurt him. Was it first two games? Potentially, but oh, far out. Like it, I, I think in terms of consistency and just stepping up to the plate, I think it would have been a great story for him to get that Eastern Conference MVP, but I don't want to bring it down. Keep no, going. well, the, the votes finished, I think it was five to four. Mm. There's one point. Forgive me, in favour yeah. of Jimmy there over uh, over Caleb. I think, you know, in that in that fourth quarter, Jimmy, there was a little bit of maybe stat padding just to get him ahead <laughs> in the points column, yeah, just for the pure yep, optics Jim. of it, but um, take nothing away from what both of them did. It was mm. a phenomenal win. The question I have, as I said, you know, we've had a couple of days. Everyone knows how it all went down. The question I want to pose to you both, and to Roe in particular. Here we go. Would you be paying Jalen Brown on a five-year contract, three hundred million, a tick under $300 million at the moment? So in this game seven, he finished with 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists, yet he went eight of 23 from the field, one of nine from three, had five personal fouls, and a career high eight turnovers. Eight turnovers. Now, eight turnovers. I know we look at it recency bias. Yeah, we do. Um, how do you feel about it? Do you do you feel confident or comfortable paying him that money? 
You know, you're locking up him and Tatum for mm. about $600 million. That's the type of money you pay your clear number one <laughs> superstar in the NBA. And the fact of the matter is, is even though he has the he has the potential any given night to be that number one guy, he's yep. generally the number two guy. More and often than not. Is that the largest co- contract in NBA history? Uh, no. No, no, no. Well, what's he... What is it? Three hundred five years. It's like two hundred ninety million. Wouldn't be far off though. Yeah, would it? like it couldn't be, be, it'd be yeah. right up it's there in the realms. <sighs> Look, it's a lot of money, but you just have to take into account also the fact of the matter is that this is the way that the NBA is heading. This kind of contract, as as huge as it is to us mere mortals, mm. will just be like run of the mill in another few years. So, are the Celtics more or less saying? Let's get in. Let's let's pay him his money and lock him in so we yep. consistently have that chance of competing. Mm-hmm. Or do we just miss out altogether? All because we know how hard it is once you lose one of these key players to work your way back. Absolutely. Sometimes you can't feel that hole. Like you look at the Boston Celtics, like they've been one of the best teams over the last few years, despite not going all the way. Yeah. Of um course. I'm happy as a Boston Celtics fan to pay him, just given the fact that I think this is the way we're heading. You got to lock in your superstars. Lee, then, like I think we mentioned it on last week's show, bro. If you lock in Brown and Tatum, mm. there's effectively 70% of your salary gone. Mm. You've got yep. 30% to work with. If you go over that, you know, you, you risk losing the mid level exception and all other manner of things that come with it. Are you willing to mortgage 70% of your salary on Tatum and Brown together? You almost have to because I, I think people overlook and you in particular I might disagree, but is mm. Tatum the same player without Jalen Brown and are the Celtics the same? Of course, they're not the same team, but would they be able to get to the Eastern Conference Finals without <clears throat> Jalen Brown? I don't I don't think so. So if you want to succeed now, you, you've got to keep him, but you can't excuse him for this game. This game single-handedly, and I, this wouldn't happen often, but it, it's decreased his value because he had all the lights on him. You can excuse Tatum, went down in that first play. Celtics were leaning on Jalen Brown. Yeah. And to, to say he was a letdown is an understatement. Mm. You know, anyone watching, including me, I was like, who the hell put baby oil on Jalen Brown's hands? Horrible <laughs> you time. Know, that's the worst of, game of your career, isn't it? A yeah. horrible, horrible time. The lights just got a bit too bright for him, I think. And that's not what you can afford in in the game seven. No. Um and it's, so your question, Lee, it's kind of hard to know how <clears throat> Jason Tatum would perform without Jalen Brown, given the fact that mm. I think Jalen Brown was drafted just one year after Jason mm. Tatum. And yeah. at that point, it was hard to know if he wasn't kind of the superstar Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum was. was he? Mm. Yep. So it's really hard to know. I think they work incredibly well in they tandem. Do. And the last few years just goes to show how good they've been. Yeah, there together. you go. Yeah. It's, an, it's a really interesting point. No, I, to be honest, I don't know which way it's going to go this mm. offseason because uh, despite they're both incredibly young still, mm. you guys have been so close so many times. And, and what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing <laughs> over and over again and expecting a different result. Yep. Um, been looking in the dictionary, have you? No, I pull that one out from time yeah. to time. I have uh, I hear that one quite often at soccer training. My coach likes to use that one when things aren't going our way. Yes. Doing yep. the same thing. Ex- does it That uh, does. We yeah. often change things up and it goes all right. Uh, <laughs> Good stuff. They <laughs> almost do seem inseparable in a way, in the same way that the core of Golden State seem inseparable, just because, like Ro was saying, they've been <laughs> oh, together pretty much their, their 
whole career so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we don't know what they look like without one another. And they work so well together. It's not like there's there's blip. But is this the ceiling, though? Is Are we seeing the ceiling being so, so close, but they're still not able to cross into that yeah, to be an NBA yeah. champion. Right? I think consistency is a will be a key, and we, yep. we say it over and over again. But you look at Jokic, like he has no nerves. He's going. You, 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 we say this a lot, but you literally can guarantee it. Pretty much a triple double, twenty five plus points from Jokic each yep. game, which you can't from uh, Jalen Brown and and Tatum. Mm. Mm. I'm pl- kind of trying. I guess trying to play devil's advocate here because I see both sides. I think. When you've been so close, it feels like it's a matter of time before mm. they get over that hump. Mm. The only concern is I have is around that 70% salary that they'll both occupy together. It's a fair chunk, isn't it? It is a fair mm. chunk. It leaves little room. It leaves little room for actual improvements in their roster. Mm. Um, what about get rid of both of them? Oh, Don't what? you dare. Don't you dare. That's just. That is outlandish. Just, but if, if, Off the table. if JT can't work by himself. <clears throat> You get do you get rid of both of them? I don't know. Don't no, you're gonna make me tear up. I was about to say, what, what do you build around them? You start fresh, mate. You build around Grant Williams. I'll tell you what's going to be broken and off the bench. Oh, it's going to be a dark couple of years for you if that comes to <laughs> I, life. I think this it, is why, as I was saying before, you have to lock in your guys because if yep. if one of these guys leaves, there's a chance that two of these guys leave. And then we're building around Peyton Pritchard and this oh. isn't who we want to build around. You turn into the Nets completely, but yeah. but I think you are in good. Great hands with Brad Stevens. Is there you know? any part, yep. any part of them, like for Brown and Tatum respectively, you think that kind of almost wants to be separated? They want to be that sole Gen- number one guy? I yeah. think obviously JB. I mean, he's mentioned it in interviews countless times. Not that he wants to go somewhere else, but he's he doesn't have a definite answer that mm. he's going to stay at, at well, I saw Brad Stevens had an interview the other day after this game. Um very adamant, 100% that Joe Mazzulla will be with the squad next year. Um, no worries. Wasn't quite as confident when speaking about Jalen Brown. So, mm. you know, we'll kind of see how this plays out over the offseason. Um, kind of, if you're a Celtics fan, it kind of worrying signs that it's, you know, that they're not confident that he'll be there. Yeah, well, the reason he says that at the end of the day is the fact <laughs> of the matter is that Joe Mazzulla almost has to be there and he want, wants mm. to be there and they've almost got control over whether he stays or goes. As for Jalen Brown, it, it's a different kettle of fish. In Absolutely. That he, can, he might think I'm worth more elsewhere and maybe... Wants to be, be the number one guy, maybe, maybe wants to link be. up yeah. with Adoka at, at Houston that we've mentioned. It's, uh, it's crazy because yeah. that's the only one anyone's ever mentioned. So, I mean, I'm, well, sure, I'm sure other people have It'll... mentioned other teams, but that's at the forefront. I can't even... Yeah, you think of Rockets, but where else could he be? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see now that you mention that if they don't land James Harden, which many are expecting they will, but yep. if they don't, is that when they go ham for Jalen Brown? I, I think he's their be. guy. Yeah. I reckon yeah. he's their guy. It's um. Now it comes back to what we were saying earlier in the show. This is why we love the NBA. The, the action on court might be about to wrap up, but mm-hmm. off court, how many exciting storylines are still to play out? It's yep. uh, fascinating it's to say the least. Weird because it's almost equally ex- as exciting as watching actual NBA. Oh, watching the trade deadline. Mm. Well, to yourself, Ro, um, and Lee, you can eat. We might do all three of us right now, actually. Okay. For your team, Lee, respective teams, Lee, yourself, the Hornets, myself, the Lakers, Ro, the Celtics, say disappointed, happy, or just neutral about your season. 
Well, this past season. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> over the moon. Nice. I'm so glad that we <laughs> finished with one of the worst records. And I'm uh, thoroughly disappointed. But, Number but, two pick. Yeah, out I was about to say, take that into account as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Could happy be with Scooby that. on his way. Look at that. Look, yeah. you've, changed, you've changed his tune very, very quickly there. Guys, wow. I got this shirt. No, oh, no like, not this time. Goodness. For me, I'm. I'm a, I'm slightly disappointed. I'll say on the uh, mm. on the scale there. Disappointed, to be honest. I didn't think we were in with a chance at all halfway through the season. Disappointed to make it in the playoffs. Uh, to to bow out in a sweep. Excited about the moves we made and making it as far as we did. So mm. I'll I'll say neutral. I'm neutral this season, bro. You're probably the one I was posing this to most. Like, mm. did you feel this was the year you were going to get over the hump? Like, are you disappointed or are you kind of? Um, somewhere in between. I think I'm neutral, to be perfectly honest, because I knew how many were there. At least two other genuine contenders, I thought, in the East, who might have our measure in the Milwaukee Bucks and Philadelphia 76ers. Not the Miami As it turns it out, yeah, it was neither of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always disappointing to get to the, <clears throat> particularly when you are one of those teams who could potentially mm-hmm. be the champion and then to fall short. But I think the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of quality teams out there, and you know, it's hard to win the championship. Okay. Well, last last question, and I'll mm. direct this at you yourself. Would you have been happier getting just done in a sweep, get it over and done with four zip? Or do you feel worse knowing that you got it back to 3-3, going back to Boston mm. only to get waxed on your home court? Yeah, I got my hopes up and I shouldn't have. Which, which is horrible. Being mm. given hope, like how do you feel? Would you have rather just see them get, get pummeled? Yeah, hope's a dangerous thing because isn't it? it alters your brain chemistry and it makes you think that things are better than they are. And yes. Unfortunately, we just fell short. But uh, to be honest with you, I love the fight back because, mm-hmm. you know, there's not many teams, as we saw with that stat, I can't remember the exact number. But it's zero on 149 who have been 3-0 down. There we come go. back. You and can't say you're disappointed in your team coming back to game seven from three. 3-0. But yeah. if you take it into account, they just went down to a number eight seed. Oh, yeah. Getting pummeled at home. You're definitely disappointed that you've gone down to Miami, but you're not disappointed that you won three games. No. But, but I, being given that hope, I mean. I know. I know. I think the hardest thing was the fact that, that we had all the momentum. You we did. Back at home. Yep. And it still wasn't enough to get the job done. Really disappointing. Like with peak culture, baby. Was it like last week? Was that wrapped up or did you make predictions? I just want to know what... Were you recent biased? I still um, said Celtics in seven. Yeah. And I was never swaying away from no. that. I think I stayed with you Heat because I think that was game five or so at that point. Yes. So I thought, you know, what is it? One in the hands better than two in the bush. Yep. Um, so yep. there you go. Good Guys, stuff. Guys, let's push ahead to the NBA finals. Game one tipped off today. Denver came out of the gates very, very quickly and flexed their muscle early on. To be honest, just watching the game, it looked like Miami looked a little bit fatigued, a little bit tired by the yep. strains of going to a game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nuggets led 59 to 42 at halftime. Jokic had 10 points, 10 assists at the half, whilst Gordon had 14 points and Jamal Murray had 18 points, four rebounds and four assists at the half. The Heat got busy on, got busy early on in the third, going on a 7-0 run just to, you know, give a little bit of hope there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Nuggets were able to kind of squashed that pretty quickly, went on to win the game 104 to 93. Jimmy Butler finished with 13 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Whilst for me, for the Miami Heat, Bam was best on mm. 26 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. Uh, on the opposite side to that, on the poor side, 
Max Struess and Caleb Martin were horrible. Struess finished 0 of 10 from the field, whereas Caleb Martin went 1 of 7, and Duncan Robinson also went 1 of 6. Mm. Mm. Just won't cut it against this Nuggets team, whereas they had Jamal Murray, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists, Mm. and Nikola Jokic with 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 14 assists. Lads, we kind of knew going into this series, the only way Miami were going to win was if they displayed what they've done all playoffs long, and that is shoot the three ball really, really effectively. Yep. And as I just said, what's that? That is two of two of 23 that mm. Struce, Martin, and Robinson went collectively today. While we're on the topic of this then, for those three in particular, yeah. is, is, is this a case of a bad shooting night? Or is, oh, this, it is. or is it a case of them coming back down to earth? No, it's bad. I think it's That's bad shooting. One bad night, game, to be honest with you. Um, okay. And look the at fa- the whole collective playoffs. Hey? Yeah, yes, definitely. And I think after I after a little while for those guys, you you almost need to realise that it's just not your <laughs> night, and you need to find other ways of getting it in the getting it in the basket or getting it to the hot hand. Who in, in this, this game, case, is bam. bam. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only way they're going to win. The fact of the matter is the only way they're going to win is to get real even contributors out of their supporting players. God, it was ugly. Because the Denver Nuggets are such a good squad. You're not going to be able to win off Jimmy's back alone. You're not going to be able to win off even Bam and Jimmy's back alone. I think there has to be other contributors in this series. This this series is going to be won by the... By the role players, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the, the margin for error is so much smaller with the heat. Now, I think, to be honest, I don't think it'll be game three. There's re- a couple of reports out there that Tyler Harrow might return for game three. Mm. I think that would be huge. If, if I was the Miami Heat, I wouldn't bring him into the starting no. lineup. Having yeah. that flamethrower off the bench just yeah. to be able to keep things ticking over, I think, would be huge. Um but, you know, they, they've got to be a lot, lot better from the field. And I think they will be. I think this is a really poor game. Um, you know, they got it back within 11. wasn't really mm-hmm. close from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, it looked like a bit of fatigue there, which is understandable. It was a really hard-fought contest mentally and physically. Being up three zip against the Celtics and having to go to a game seven yeah. on the road would certainly take it out of you. Uh, or has Denver have just had their feet up over the last week and a bit, haven't Forgotten they? what basketball know, is. Yeah. It's been that long since they played. Yeah, absolutely. Sil- silver lining for Heat, though. They did play uh, pretty well defensively, and it was surprising because it was always going to be an uphill battle because Denver are bigger than than the Heat are. Not only Jokic, but G, MPJ, a couple of these MPJ guys. is big. And then if we look at um, their defense on Jokic in general, it's so hard to to double-team Jokic because he has so many avenues in his game where and he, yep. he rarely mucks up. He always knows what to do in any given situation. Absolutely. But that's what they did this game. They double-teamed him. And, I mean, he had 10 assists at the half. So this guy doesn't need a score to no. impact the game. And he looks better when he's doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, when I think so. Yeah. Would you rather see Jokic go for, say, 45 points, 10 rebounds and 6 assists, or would you rather him have, like, 20 points, 12 rebounds and 14 assists, like this game. He looks better when he's doing a bit of everything, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And he's so good. I think they were mentioning actually on the commentary or after the game today that the last thing that you want to do to Jokic is double team him because mm. he is such a gifted and high IQ passer that when you do double team him, he'll find the open man every single time and it'll be a knockdown. Isn't that incredible, the development of the big man? Mm. Mm. You know, we look at now Joel Embiid, Giannis is a little bit smaller, but... 
Jokic and Embiid in particular, Jokic even more so, a big who can not only score and be dominant and rebound like we've seen Shaq do in the past, Tim Duncan, but who is so proficient as a facilitator. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It really, really is. And it's it's almost unstoppable because, you know, as you say, if you go to double team him, he's, he just knows where to put the ball. He does every single time, doesn't oh. he? So, okay. So if the Denver Nuggets win this series, I know we're heading forward a little bit. Yep. Where does that place Nikola Jokic in your all-time players? Old, whoa. We, okay. We're taking into account multi-time MVP. Yep. Probably stiff not to win it this year, to be honest with you. I think so. Champion. He's always been there or thereabouts. Mm, yeah. Where does it? Where does that place him? Given uh, the fact that he does also have such a unique skill set, perhaps we haven't really re- seen it yep. before in the game or not often, that's for sure. I think if he gets this chip, hypothetically, mm. He's probably another title or two away, which is certainly feasible mm. from really starting to create some noise. Um, he's certainly, he's probably. Are you talking noise in top 10? Top 20? Or top 20? I don't, okay. I don't think top 10 quite yet, because if you look at that top 10, the names in that, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty collective. Yeah. It'd be yeah. hard who you would knock out at the mm. minute. Top Agreed. 20, certainly. Mm. At the minute, you'd be saying probably, I think if he wins this chip, mm. top or 40 to 50. Mm. Um, I'd have to look at the list. In Top front of me. 40 to 50. Yeah, all time. Okay. Uh, I'd have to look at the list as well. But, geez, I reckon if he wins this title, and, and I think probably top 40 at least. Yeah, I think for me, given the fact that he is such a unique player and he's such a dominant player in all aspects of the game, pretty much, I, th- I think he'd be bordering on that 25 to 20 mark in mm. my mind. Well, then, let me let me mm. pose this one time to you yeah. guys. If that if that were the case, yeah. he wins this year, bang, mm. multi-time MVP. Do you have him ahead of a current champion and multi-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, as a as a basketball just, player? Just all, all time. If yeah. you had them on an all-time list at the minute, you had to put one in front of the other at the end of the season. If Jokic wins the chip, and let's say let's say he gets a Finals MVP, like yeah. like Giannis, yeah, yeah. Who do you have ahead? Oh, that's that a hard, hard one because at the moment. Their careers are pretty much They're, running parallel. They are, aren't they? They are. Um, I'll oh. probably have, oh, I'd probably have Yoka, to be honest with you, to yep. be perfectly honest. It, yeah. Because he's got the triple I, doubles behind him as he's well. He's got the, the triple records. doubles. Yeah. And the other thing oh. is the fact that he doesn't have an all star teammate as well. So he's carrying his squad over to the NBA finals. No one in that Denver Nuggets team made the made the All Star team, so he's got no All Star. Just thinking, Giannis would probably have all, more All NBA selections, maybe yeah. more All All Star selections. How's the age difference? Uh, I think Giannis is twenty seven and Jokic twenty eight. Okay, okay. So he's got an extra year they're, there. It's so hard because they're very different players. But geez, isn't this, that a fun comparison? It's spe- it, it speaks to how big of a standout year this has been for Jokic. You know, despite yeah. how good he was um, his previous years. Because a year ago, I'd say Giannis probably in a heartbeat. But now I'd probably ear on the side <clears throat> of saying Jokic, and that may, it may be recency bias because I'm guilty of that. Pretty we often. all are. We can't help ourselves. I tell you what, that way when. One guy goes out in the first round to the eighth seed <laughs> and the other guy's carrying his team to the finals. You can understand why recency bias might kick in. There you go. What a battle. And it's going to be awesome to see, again, over the next five years, as we start to see the KDs, the LeBrons, the the Stephs start to you know drift yep. into the sunset. These are the guys that are going to have control for the next five to ten years. It's mm. going to be super exciting to see how that battle plays out. 
you probably associate maybe Luca up in that tier as well. Yep. Uh, it's going to be fun. So mm-hmm. looking Very forward to hands. that. Very good. Guys, okay, so wait, wait. What are what, what are our predictions? Uh, I think I had Nuggets in six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A week's a long time, isn't it? It is. Because you had Celtics. Celtics Could, again. Because you oh, had the yes, Celtics yes, winning the series. Did, okay. right. Just start yeah. from a, got clean, a clean slate with... With this, I'll stick with Nuggets in six. Nuggets in six. Uh, it seems like a logical prediction, to be honest with you, because you can't imagine the Heat getting swept given how they've gone leading up to this. So I yeah. think they'll get a couple of games, and I'd probably say Nuggets in six as well. Mm-hmm. I would. It's a safe answer. I think it is, a lot yeah. of reports I've seen before you go late. Mm. Nuggets in six is a very like if you looked at all the options would be the favorite pick. It's I a think political answer, isn't it? And I feel We're like a dick right saying it. Pants. I want to say something fun and controversial. Say heat and five. Heat and five. <laughs> Winning four straight off the bat now. That is massive. Go My, on, say Miami it, has experience. I want your dirty little mouth to say it. I was just going to say, Miami has the experience. They've been there before, but I don't think it yeah. plays too much of a factor because the Nuggets just look so relaxed and so comfortable. Best no, team in the league. No yeah. nerves. That's the thing that I had written down. They know they're the better team mm. and, and they are the better team. Yeah. Um, and every opportunity they've had in each of these series to close, they've done it in a heartbeat. Like yep. they haven't mm. brought it to a game seven. I'm they, going. They haven't lost at home yet, I don't think, have they? I don't, I don't think, think so. No. In this playoff run. Just Would a it, quick start. Did, uh, did before, you say your prediction? No. No, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, was thinking that, I was like, this poor bloke's going to be bursting at the seams. <laughs> will I? I have five, but will I go the sweep? Oh, could you? I'll do it to be controversial. Give me nuggets in four. Get the brooms out for Lee. Back-to-back sweeps for the Nuggets. And it's certainly feasible. Yeah, I mean, it is, isn't it? They're that good. They are that they good. They are great. You're sa- you guys are saying six just to just for the safe option, like you were saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah safe. But I, I do think, especially if maybe Hero can come back three or four, you know, they, they've got that fight. They need more scoring out mm. of Jimmy. Mm. Uh, today, forgive me, what was it, 16, six, 13 points even. That's not enough. No. They need him around 25 plus. Yep. There's still uh, upside for the heat, Bam which had, is really good. Bam had 25 shots in that game. I want Jimmy to have 25 shots. Well, mm-hmm. what did I say? Martin, Martin Robinson and uh, Struess between them had 23 and went for two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That won't do it. So no, more for Jimmy. Feed, feed Jimmy. Let me just get this stat in before Please we move on. do it. Yep. I saw something on the broadcast today, and this comes down to the fact that this could – potentially even be a <laughs> mental battle over the past five years, the Denver Nuggets have won 10 to the Miami Heat's one in that head to head matchup. That's a big stat. When you think about that's it, that's a big like, stat scene. Is that the team that's gone to conference finals the last couple of years? Yes. NBA finals, even uh, that's very surprising. And you think of the core players, like a lot of them, the core players would have been there 10 to one over that course. Is yeah, it really? Yeah. 10 to one. I was shocked by it. Not great, not a great statistic if you're a Miami no. Heat fan, but may the odds be ever in your favour. Yes. Fellas, let's push ahead. The Daily Dribble. Into God, the- I love this segment. Can I just say, God, you better say it first, but I love this segment. Oh, geez, Do, do you a have a good tease. name for it? Um, I, I was just going to dub it New Blood. Um, yeah, that's a good one. New Bloods blood. and Crips. Sounds like a bloody Twilight movie. Yeah, New Blood, New, new Moon. Blood. Get rid of New Moon. <laughs> Taylor Lautner won't be popping up in this one, I'll tell you that much for free. Um, hope not. I was about to say this light doesn't do it, but I'm, yeah, I'm not quite as tanned as him today. Were you about to? Were you about to compare yourself to Taylor Lautner? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, so, I lift up the shirt. We see. We see. 
That's that's old Taylor Lautner. He's let himself go now. He's washed up. Yeah, he does. He, he's not the same bloke, is he? Peaked too early. Whereas I'm still on the rise. Whereas I I can see a bit of Rob Pattons in me, can't can't you? There is or? the similarities are glistening off yes. his skin as we speak. I would have right? thought so. Um, I would have thought so. But we'll call it new blood. This is a section. You know, we're only a couple of weeks out from the upcoming NBA draft. This is our opportunity to kind of showcase a couple of players that we're excited to see. Mm. Um, inform you guys of players to watch out for and just uh you know it, it's always better going into the season when you have a little more knowledge and a little more investment yes. into these players we've done it the last couple of years absolutely loved it we've scouted some winners um so we're hoping we can back it up here again this this time around yes lee do you want to start us i'll start i'll say the name and you tell me if you have him yeah, we, we haven't cross-referenced with each other, so there's the uh, the potential that this might not pan out. And there was a bit of an unspoken rule of no Victor, no Scoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a guy called Anthony Black. Whew. Anyone got him? No. no. We breathe a big okay. sigh of relief for this week. Good. Yes. Yeah. Six seven guard, uh, nineteen years old, averaging thirteen five rebounds, three assists, two steals out of uh, Arkansas. Is expected to go anywhere between seven and I'd say. Probably thirteen. Um, he's a, he's a great. He's got a great passing touch, and he's he's got this disruptive defense to him. Um, I'll set the stage for you because this is what Thanks, made dude. me choose him. He got a comparison to a bouncy Josh Giddy, and I was like, "Oh bullshit!" A oh, bouncy Josh. No, Giddey. okay. Why? Why bullshit? No, don't. Yeah, I'll I'll get to it. Josh Giddy's his own man. Yeah, so Josh Giddy's got a lot of comparisons in this draft class, I reckon. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, we know where this yeah. is heading. Oh, well, first. That's fine. Part the, the the passing is the and the playmaking ability is the first thing that, that stands out. He's got a um, fairly high IQ, which is surprising mm. given his age, 19. Um, he's a pass-first guard just like Giddy, mm-hmm. um, but he also has the ability to be that floor general. He's not just a passer. Yeah. Um, and then good size at 6'7", which um, helps his defensive abilities. He's actually touted as one of the, if not the best defender in the draft. Um, he's always on his P's and Q's on defense. He puts in effort every minute he's on the court from what I've seen. Um, and he's one of those players whose defense doesn't just help the team, but it can completely shift the trajectory of the game. Um, mm. But then, again, with all these draft prospects comes their question marks, and unfortunately his question mark is his shooting. Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible, um, his college stats from Arkansas last year, 45% from the field and 30% from three. Um, but he's great, but it's not not catastrophic. And we've yeah. seen we've seen videos in the gym in the off with like once he gets picked yeah. up by a team, they'll help iron out a few well, kinks. He's yeah. in the he's in the um workroom with Steph Curry's <clears throat> trainer. So if, Ooh, if there's okay. anyone you want in there, Steph Curry's trainer. But yeah, I was just gonna say you, you remember Josh Giddy's first year. He wasn't a great shooter. All no. of these all of these first year mm. players have these flaws, and unfortunately, shooting is uh Anthony Black's flaw. Uh, but no, he, he's my draft prospect. Excellent. Fun name too. Yeah, fun name. But at the same time, I remember we had the same segment last year and we had some, we had the Malachi, Malachi we had the- uh, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. <laughs> Sounds like an accountant, this guy. Anthony, Anthony Black. Black. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. I'm sure he's a bowler. Bowler, there you go. Yeah, light well, skin bowler. <laughs> I'll push on with my my man. Um, I've Your got man. Jordan Hawkins. Okay. Hawkeye. 
Nothing from you. That's good. No, That's nothing good. Nothing for me. Um, for Jordan me. Hawkins, guard out of UConn, uh, six foot five, weighing one hundred and ninety five pounds. Expected to go in around that seven to ten range at the moment. Um, he's getting comparisons as well with a slightly quicker version of Josh Giddy. Oh, okay. Um, so there you go. Quicker than Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy's fast, fastest guy in the league. That's Josh, how he gets Josh it. Giddy. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox says. I was about to say, what are you? What games are you watching? <laughs> the Josh only Giddy? way Josh Giddy gets to the basket is by sprinting around these guys. Josh Giddy's <laughs> underratedly fast. Quickest guy in the league. But go on. Give Quickest me white guy right. in the league. There's, there's okay, that's got some more merit to it. <laughs> there's patriotism, but then there's that's delusion. Delusion. <laughs> yeah, delusion. The, the quickest white guy might be okay. We'll run with that. Yeah. Um, Jordan oh, he's not in the league anymore. Sorry. <laughs> um, Jordan Hawkins, he helped guide the number four seeded UConn to the NCAA National Championship mm. um, after they defeated San Diego State 76 to 59. Saw a massive increase in his role this season. Um, he averaged 16 points, four rebounds, an assist and a half a game, whilst going a tick under 39% from three. Mm. Um, one of the best three-point shooters in this draft class. What I noticed, I watched quite a bit of footage of him, and what I really liked about his three-point shooting was his diversity. Mm. Does really well at being when being fed, uh, whether that be in the corner at the top of the key, uh, top of the ring, uh, top of the arc, should I say, third time to charm. <laughs> um, but he's really competent. At creating his own looks as well with a little shimmy, little sidestep. Uh, he's got quite a good bag with that outside shot, getting it off. He can make his own shot from outside, can he? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it was really, really um, quite exciting to see. Mm-hmm. There's not many young young college players that can do it with that kind of level of proficiency mm. as he did. Uh, got kind of the perfect size, I think, for the NBA for a guard, but he's got great versatility as well. Now, on ball, he's got the ability to be more of a ball-dominant point guard. Yep. Uh, but I think with his ability to shoot, he's also got the ability to play more off-ball. And I think oh, okay. that'll be quite dependent on where he ends up yep. um, situational-wise. But that excites me, as well as his ability on the defensive end. With his size and agility, he's great as an on-ball defender. Yes. Um, but he's got a really quick lateral step. So he's able to cover multiple positions, one through three. Um and that combined with his shooting was what caught my eye. Just uh, watching his highlights was he's really silky. He's quick and he can hit the three ball. Like he's, uh, I'll be excited to see hopefully where he ends up. I mm. think we'll kind of be telling us to how his first year goes. I'd like to see him on kind of a team where he gets opportunities to start more mm. so. Well, that's, so, oh, you go. I was, I was just about to say, you know, when you see some of these guys coming up in the draft and, you know, you look at them and you go, well, this guy is going to be great, but it might not happen in the first year. It might not happen exactly. in the second year. Like we look at Victor and we're like, yeah, he's a made man. Yes, he's ready to go. He's yeah. ready to go. Is this the type of guy you think who might be able to get out of the blocks quickly or do you think it's one which we need to be patient with? I think it might be a little bit more of a patient kind mm-hmm. of burn, um, especially as he builds into it. You know, the year before last, he had a pretty quiet year. It was this year where his minutes and productivity really increased. So I think it'll be a gradual progression. Yep. Um, you know, I'd like to see him start a few games. I think he'll be more of a come off the bench type guy. Mm. Almost seeing playing like almost a Terrence Davis role, which he did okay, for the yeah. for the mm-hmm. for the Kings getting, you know, almost like that sixth man or seventh man. Yeah, I like that. Um mm. but yeah, really excited by what I've seen. And it was uh, you know, really good uh, good footage that I saw. Mm. Oh. I know I know that any uh you know, kind of condensed footage. It's made to make the person look good, mm. uh, but he, he really did excite me. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan Hawkins, yeah. a name to watch out for. Okay. Jordan Hawkins. 
I like the Hawkman. Now, I tell you what, in comparison to you, your two uh, scouting reports, let's say, I don't think mine was as comprehensive. But in Sorry. saying that, I what I from what I saw from my guy, I'm so excited to see what happens next year. Yes, sir. Cam Whitmore, heard of him? Cam Whitmore, no, I haven't. Sounds familiar. He's going Whitmore. to be around the five to six, I reckon, Mark. Is he? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's one, one of these guys who six, seven, small forward coming out of uh, Villanova. Mm. So he is going to be a guy who will no doubt next year be on a highlight reel or two or yeah. three or four. Ooh. This guy is probably one of the, for mine, one of the more. I guess because so much attention is going to Victor and Scoot, <laughs> he's going to be one of the more <clears throat> underrated, exciting players in ne- for next season's draft pool. He is as athletic as many guys I- I've seen in the last few years in-, in the draft. He's so exciting just in terms of his ability to drive to the rim, his dunking ability, but also the fact of the matter is that he has a really – Solid three point game as well. Which before you said that, I was about to say it's an almost Westbrook esque, like his <laughs> Westbrook with a good three, with a good three, think, and that's yeah. all we want. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, and we oh. know in today's day and age, like how important these guys who have multifaceted games mm. are, and he's certainly going to have that. I think. Will he be a guy? The reason I mentioned before is he is was your guy going to be yep. someone who's going to come out of the blocks? straight from the get-go. He might not be a super consistent guy straight from the get-go, but I think you'll see enough out of him early days just from an athletic point of yeah. view to go, oh, this guy's going to be someone Catches eyes athleticism in the future. So uh, watch his highlights and you'll know why I'm getting excited. Cam, Cam Whitmore from Cam, Villanova. Cam Whitmore from Villanova. That Probably the constructive criticism that's been given through all scouting report, reports is that he's Probably not a great passer, and the decision making ability is also left a little bit to be desired. Yep. But as we always see with these guys, it you don't have to have it all together from the get go. Like even LeBron James mm, didn't have a three point shot for a lot of years. Does he um, do that? <laughs> just you make me do. He did for a little while, and then he dropped off again. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. that's it. Yeah, so these, these guys don't need to be. Oh, this sounds weird, but they actually don't need to be NBA ready. Straight away. Yeah. And you, you know, know what the beauty is? Coming into a class that has Victor and even Scoot, they are going to be getting all the attention. The pressure's yep. almost off to a certain degree. It is. it is. Like the rookie of the year race is essentially won and done already, as much as, as stupid as that sounds yep. to say before a ball's been tipped. But the pressure's off. It is. Um, and I'm do you reckon ex- these guys, sorry, just quickly. No, please. Do you reckon they're almost going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder oh, to a absolutely. certain extent? Because they're thinking, I'm absolutely gun and i'm not getting any attention i'm gonna start making people make it pay attention yeah yeah i 100 100 agree with that that's um none of them have any expectations on them i love seeing people come in with a chip on their shoulder i think it's so so fun um i think they're three great names row give it give it to us it was Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore, sorry, yes. Jordan yes. Hawkins and Anthony Black. Yes, Anthony. Guys, there are three names to watch out for in the upcoming NBA draft. It's only a few weeks away. We'll continue to do this for the next couple of weeks in the weeks leading up to the draft, just showcasing a few more of these players to keep an eye out for. We might have to write these down and do it as a bit of a um, competition. Who can pick you know, the best players the, um, who, who have the best season going forward? Yeah. A little scouting report. But, I remember um, a few of mine over the last... Years probably haven't been the best picks. Johnny Davis, 
didn't want Danny, any comes to mind. Didn't Danny, really hit the heights. Danny, yeah. I who, had who uh, had Halliburton. You I had Halliburton. Of course you I? Did I had me. Halliburton. Of course you that did. was a good one. That was a good one. I had Dyson Daniels. That wasn't I, he's going he's going I had Davion Mitchell. But who was my best one? Joshy. Josh Giddy, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes. Um, but no, it's fantastic and it, it's really good, as we say. There's a lot of exciting talent coming into the league. It's not only Victor and Scoot, um, so it'll mm. be nice to shine a light on a few more of these players over the coming weeks. No doubt. Guys, it's been a massive week. Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok to stay up to date with all the latest news from the NBA and the NBL um, the action is still continuing nonstop, so mm-hmm. we'll be sure to keep you up to date with everything going on, um, as well as subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or if you're watching this live on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button so as to never miss another episode. And enjoy another massive week of basketball. Now, I know this time next week will probably be game four, because they've got them spaced mm-hmm. out three days, I believe. Yeah, yep. <laughs> which isn't... Uh, you know, with the conference finals and the other rounds, it was a day in between. Mm. Um, but having two two days break now, well, uh, it makes you starving for the next game, though, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I'm like, I'm pumped already for game two. The two games in between, the two days in between, sort of like okay, I can sort of take that. Three days in between, and sort of like you're having withdrawal symptoms. I know. It might be, the end of the year. Is it two days? Is oh, it? it's two days, and on the third day, it's a game. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, before we um, end, because uh, we did our predictions, mm. and this is something I struggled with, and I still don't have an answer. Who are you barracking for? Who are you going yeah, the, for? Yeah, I, mm. I got asked this today at work, and I was like, um, I don't know, because either way, it's exciting. The new champion, the, it yep. could be for, for the Heat, their first title since 2013, Jimmy's first. Yeah. Whereas for the Nuggets, it could be their franchise's first ever title. Um. I think I'm rooting for the heat just mm. for that underdog story. Something about an eight seed winning the championship. Be incredible. Um, mm. I'm going to go the heat. I'm going to go the heat. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy gonna... either way, though. I'm just a fan enjoying basketball at the minute. Uh, yeah, I'm happy either way. I'd love to see Jimmy get a chip, but just to add to the Yoker's resume, mm. I'd like to see him get a chip right now. Yes, sir. And something about the, obviously, as I said before, about an eight seed, but also the fact that, Cinderella story. Yeah, it's a Cinderella story. But I think like Jimmy and the Heat getting to the finals and then winning the championship, I don't know if we'll see it again. Like I see Denver Nuggets getting to this point again. So I'd love to see them just at least get one. All the hard work that Jimmy's um, blood, sweat, and tears for that franchise. Yeah. You think of Bubble Jimmy and you always see that picture on Facebook of him hunched over, sweaty as anything, and you think, oh, hopefully it's all for something. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to be an enthralling rest of the series. Uh, We'll be sure to break it down with you guys all again next week. Till then, though, enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.